You're listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. I'm Kendra, and I love having interesting conversations with my friends about art, media, life, the universe, and everything. And that is what this podcast is all about. I am here with probably the most enthusiastic partner in crime I have ever had, and that is Jules. Hi, Jules. Hi, Kendra. That's that's a welcome I've never had before. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And Jules finally got me to watch Nacho Libre, which I have kind of wanted to see, but just put off for years and years. And I have to say thank you. You're welcome, and I'm sorry. Why are you sorry? Because you'll never get it out of your head. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I want to know, how did you come across this movie? So the movie came out in 2006, and that's probably about when I saw it. My was at my brother's house, who's kind of a dork. I'll let him rename Nameless. He said, like, hey, I have this movie, and I think you'll really like it. And usually I don't like his movie recommendations. But I watched it, and I'm like, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Can we watch it again? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I think I was like 14 when it came out. So, so did you forgive him for all the other bad movie recommendations? I did not, because he <laughs> still recommends bad movies. So that was the saving grace, Nacho Libre. Yep. He, he doesn't watch all bad movies, but that was probably the best movie he's ever recommended to me. What are some of your favorite lines or funny moments? That's such a hard question. I feel like the entire movie is quotable. Like, there's not a scene in the movie that I don't quote. I asked my husband, like, what do you think is my favorite quote? He's like, I don't know. You quote all of the quotes, like, every single day. <laughs> but I did write down a few of them. Probably, honestly, my favorite is something that I have as a my, uh, alert tone for my phone is, get that corn out of my face. Um, <laughs> which I can't remember exactly what happened in the scene before, but it's when El Scalito is bringing Nacho Corn to make amends for something. I think it's after the fight scene in the street where he was supposed to bring his homeless friends to fight him, and he was late. And just smacks it out of his hand. Um, another one that is very quotable is, I can't, one of the monks, the one that's mean to him, it's like, did you not tell them that they were the large chiefs? <laughs> yes. the whole um, monologue where Incarnacion is telling Nacho all her favorite things my favorite color is light tan my favorite animal is poopies <laughs> I like serving the lord hiking volleyball etc uh, I don't know the whole I love all of the Everything in the whole movie. I can never pick one one quote. It is definitely full of a lot of one-liners. Yeah. Uh, just the whole movie is super quotable. And I have like 20 more written down. <laughs> okay. So are there any non-verbal funny moments that you really like? 
Because I feel like it's, it's a great movie. Of It has a lot of quotable lines. And it also has a lot of just slapstick moments that are just really funny. I mean, anything with Jack Black's face in it, because he's just such an expressive actor. His eyebrows say so much. Oh, yeah. He has great eyebrows. <laughs> Probably the one of the scenes that's a more silent scene is after he wins money after his first wrestling match. He's finally able to make the kids a salad or something. And it's just how, like, he's just, like, throwing all, all the plates. And then the, the one kid, he just, like, sits down so gentle, serving the monks and the, the nun. Like, he just, like, here's your salad. And he, like, gets her this big, giant, beautiful bowl of salad. And just trying to, like, be so extra with, like, the dressing and the chips. And he's so dramatic during it. Yeah. I love, too, how with all the different kids, it's like a different kind of salad and there's different shapes or, like, smiley faces made into the salad. Because he loves all the orphans. Because he loves all the orphans. Yeah, so that brings me to my next question. Um, Obviously, this movie is a comedy, but I think there are some deeper moments, too. Do you enjoy the movie just because it's hilarious or do you find anything deeper? Well, I probably watched this movie a thousand times. That's probably not an exaggeration. Um, I do love it for the humor. Like it's just, it's just goofy. It's silly. You can watch it with pretty much anybody. Um, but watching it as many times as I have, it's definitely a little bit sacrilegious. But it also kind of, I think the main, if you can call it a story point in the, such a silly movie, is that like. He is a friar. He is to make the soup every day. Like, that's all the, the other monks expect of him. Like, you, this is your duty. Like, you don't have, you don't get to do anything else. But he has this dream to be a luchador. Like, and he's had that dream his whole life. And it just kind of shows, like, you know what? You don't have to have just one duty. You can have, you can wear, you can have your dreams and also serve whatever holes in your life you have. I thought it was kind of deep that he gets paid to lose and how he's so excited to have money to help the orphans and he's getting it because he's losing. I I think that's deep. Yeah, that is a good... Actually, I've never thought about that much too much other than there's that line where he says, I'm tired of getting paid to lose. I want to win. But he does get that money to, and he does, he buys some stuff for himself, but the first thing he does is like, I'm going to buy some fresh groceries for the orphans. Chancho and Juan Pablo. I love that, is that he, he is kind of over, well, he's Jack Black, so he's over the top and so enthusiastic, but his heart is so big. He lives these big dreams of being a luchador um but even when he loses he throws himself into taking care of the orphans i i love that yeah i think that's his whole character is just even though he wants to be this big wrestler who people just give him all kinds of goodies and like just adore him but he does really his number one care really is the orphans i also really liked the relationship between he and his friend and even how they become friends 
it's so weird and so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew and Steven have a great, a great relationship and they're just such a funny dynamic duo. Like even though like they're almost like brothers in a sense that even though like they can get along really well, they have like their little fights and then have to make up with each other and think it's just a cool dynamic. Yeah. I, I also I think one of my favorite slapstick scenes is when Nacho is worried about Steven's soul because he hasn't been baptized. That's one of my favorite quotes. So, That's the one of the ones I wrote down. Yes. How come, quote it, quote it. How come you've not been baptized? And then Steven says, because I never got around to it, okay? And then when Nacho fills a bucket of water and like, sneaks up just, on him and baptizes him. <laughs> well, today... We're going to have a little baptism based to the water. That made me laugh so hard. Yep, that is another one of my favorite. Don't believe in God. I believe in science. Just like right, right from his heart and his soul. Just wants, He just cares about his salvation and stuff. If you had to sum up this movie in a sentence, what would you say? I had to sum up. I was trying to get somebody to watch Not Just Leaver and I had to sum it up. It's full of fun and a journey of a man who wants to help himself, but also help others. And you will never be the same after watching it. (laughs) I like that. Oh, that's another part that I actually found kind of deep is when he goes off to the wilderness, quote unquote, Um, That's actually a really common thing in screenplay structures. It it has a name. There's formulas for making a story, and that is called The Dark Night of the Soul, where the main character is supposed to doubt himself and his mission, and he kind of goes off by himself, and he has to work through stuff. And I, I thought it was so funny, but also touching that that's how he does it. He, like, wanders into quote-unquote the wilderness but he's pretty close to town for him it's super dramatic and he's sitting out there under this little stick hut and and you know it it was just funny because it was hitting that beat but instead of like batman brooding on top of a roof or something he's just sitting on this little hill close to town under these sticks but it had this same emotional weight for the character he grew up in the orphanage he lived he lived there his whole life. He never lived anywhere else. He was an orphan himself. So that going out to the wilderness was basically him living on his own. And now it's time for random recommendations. So it's actually a series of books. Um, they're written by Serena Valentino. And it's a Disney series. So for you Disney nerds out there, um, it's basically a series of books written from the villain's point of view. Um, I believe there's six or seven. It starts out with the evil queen from Snow White. That just kind of shows their journey, like from beginning to end from their perspective and like gives their background. And you can read them individually, um, but it makes more sense if you read them in a row because there's other backstories and then another whole set of characters that the author, you know, 
made up. Um, but it starts out with the evil queen. Then there's uh, the beast. There's Ursula. There's Maleficent. Just a really, really good series. Like, even though, like, all the stories end the same way, like, they do in the Disney movies, like, makes you sympathize so much more with the, you know, the bad guys. It's like, oh, they had a horrible life. Like, they're, had all these tragedies. Um, I think my favorite one is Mother Gothel from Rapunzel, and it's called Mother's Knows Best, and I think that's also the longest one. But it just was, like, this, all these big, long journeys of these different characters that make you feel like, oh, even though that they did turn out bad and like they did maybe make some choices that led them down the wrong path, you kind of start to sympathize with them more and feel bad for them. But it's just a really good series. I bought all mine off of Amazon, but I'm sure you can find them at the library. How many have you read? All of them. All of them? Nice. Because these all kind of go in a series. And then her most recent one that she just that came out this year was um, about Corella development which is honestly the, the saddest one. And that takes place like in the same universe, technically, but very, very far off into the future. I think it's really interesting making villains sympathetic because in real life, no one sets out to become a villain. There's the saying that everyone thinks they're the hero in their own story and they might be the villain in someone else's. So right. I think that's a really interesting choice to do that with Disney villains. Yeah, it's just... Like, it's just, some of the stuff is just like, huh, no wonder why they're so horrible. And obviously, you know, they're more modern thing. And a lot of the Disney movies are super, like, Snow White's older than my parents, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but it still tells all these different stories of, like, you didn't think about that. Like, you don't think, why are they evil? You just think, like, oh, they're all, they've always been evil. Like, they're just a horrible person. That's not always the case. What age group is are these books targeted at? Is it like for young adults or something? Probably young adults. Like, I would say that a middle schooler could read them, but there are some a little bit darker stuff in some of them. But definitely more young adults, I would say. Super good. I'm not a young adult, and I like them. But I'm under. Oh yeah, young adult stuff is good. Definitely, Mother's Knows yeah. Best is by far my favorite. And then the one. What? That's the one with uh, Mother Gothel. And then the Corolla development is the one I just most recently wrote, uh, read. It was called Evil Thing. And that one was also very good and tragic and just great. Just great books. What do you find is really intriguing to you about the books? What hooks you? I just think of the backstory is really important character development. And sometimes, you know, in some movies, you're like, yep, here's a character. And this is the way they are, but like, like, well, why are they that way? Like, I'm just interested in deeper understanding of things and people. And instead of just being said, here's a, here they are, like, but why? I need to know more. Give me more information. Maybe it's because I'm nosy. It makes me think of um, this quote by C.S. Lewis, where he said, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's something like, I'm finally old enough to read fairy tales again and um he said he got more out of children's stories as an adult than he did as a child and so i kind of i think it's really interesting how these books are about well-known fairy tales disney movies that we all grew up with but now as an adult you're finding new meaning and new stories in the familiar 
yeah. And of course, you know, they have like the main characters in these as well, but they're less focused on. And I don't know. It's just nice to see. I like to see more than one perspective. Like, I don't really like to yeah. just only hear one side of a story. I like to hear all the sides of the story so I can piece together like what's actually going on. I like that. Thank you for the recommendation. You're welcome. Okay, I have to know, do you ever watch wrestling of any kind? I really don't. I've done plenty of wrestling myself with my siblings and my nieces and nephews, which are uh, abundant. Um, but I, you know, I'm honestly kind of interested in luchador wrestling. I don't really watch any kind of sports on TV except for like the Super Bowl, which is only once a year. I'd love to go to a luchador ma- match. I think that'd be really cool but uh yeah pretty sure they don't have any of those here not that i know of but then again i've never looked looked, (laughs) but i think it'd be fun to go to like an authentic like in mexico real luchador match it'd just be super cool and just a real authentic experience i was listening to another podcast uh, it's called Imaginary Worlds with Eric mm-hmm. Malinsky. And he did an episode about luchador um, fighting. And he said in certain parts of Mexico, there's this tradition of um, the wearing the mask is really important because they don't want anyone to know who they actually right. are. And he said, like, people will... Uh, bring their costume in like a bag and walk into a bar and then come out of the bar dressed as their wrestling persona. And it, it, it's kind of like a superhero thing going on right. there. That is actually in the, one of those final scenes where um, Nacho's wrestling Ramses. He's trying to take off his mask basically to dishonor him. Like, let's see who this guy really is. Like, he's going to try to beat me. I'm the best. Like, let's show the world who he is because he can't beat me. I'm the best. I'm Ramsey. So kind of that's a low, that was kind of a desperate measure, kind of a absolutely, low Absolutely. Blow. Like super like disrespectful and like just trying to dishonor Ignacio. I think that's interesting of like that code of honor. I think it's just so interesting with wrestling. I don't know. I, I'm not super into sports and so my experience with wrestling is pretty much this movie yeah yeah, me too except for wrestling with my brothers okay so say you were a luchador what would your costume look like well i definitely have to have some stretchy pants yes um (laughs) a must not totally sure on color scheme but definitely some stretchy pants probably no long sleeves because that's too sweaty i'd absolutely have tacos print all over because tacos are the best would you have a cape thought about that a lot and now the disney and me just thinks of um the incredibles and edna mode saying no capes <laughs> yes the first too. thing that i thought about <laughs> that question i was like ah, we can't have capes so i would probably have a cape but never wrestle with it yeah kind of just for dramatic entrances and stuff and it, I love his posturing, like the way he holds his cape around, and oh, it's so great. Right. Yeah, he just 
the whole persona of who he is as a wrestler as opposed to who he is as a friar is just so almost like day and night like he's like has to hide this part of himself because otherwise he'll get kicked out of the monastery but like he just has so much more confidence as Nacho than he does as a friar and the scene when they find out that he's actually Nacho like he's just finally can stand up to the other monks and it's like just such a liberating Mm, scene for his character yeah I think it's so interesting that he is so confident even though he kind of sucks at it but he's so into it and and he just loves it so much yeah, it's just as like he's just passionate about it and it's his dream from when he was just a little boy and I think that's important to not even necessarily fulfill those dreams but just encourage those dreams and people that you're with so if you ever had a double wife what would it be I have no idea I don't feel like for me personally like if I want to do something or try something I'm gonna do it and too bad for you if you don't think that I don't that you don't want me to do it. That's actually part of why I really love you, Jules, is because you are very confident and you just do what you like. I love that about you. you. I don't know. I just don't. If I'm gonna try something, I'm gonna try it. If I if I'm not good at it, oh well, I could do something else. I'll try something new. I just don't think that we should. I don't think that people should have to live double lives, and they should just be able to be. I mean, obviously, don't be a murderer, but like do. Go after things you're passionate about. If you want to go out, mm-hmm. if you're a guy and you want to go be a ballerina, go be a ballerina. That's hard. I can't be a ballerina. You do it, like, you got to do what you want. You can't be afraid of what people are going to judge you for. I want to talk about the music in this movie. Uh, when you watch it, do you notice the music? Do you I like the music? I absolutely love the music in this movie. Like, even if it's like, like just like little background music, it's just so. Like, most of it's just so upbeat, and, like, then the other songs are just, like, the lyrics are just ridiculous in some of the songs. It's really quirky songs. I think that's part of what I found so charming is just, yeah, the ridiculousness and trying to figure out what the songs meant, because some of them were just really silly. Just kind of, basically, some of the songs are just nonsensical. Aside from, I'd say, from, like, the, the song at the... um beginning credits is just I think kind of just try to set up who he is as a character and but it's still kind of a silly song but I don't know I I love the music in this like my favorite is probably um the song that he sings about Incarnacion before the final wrestling match yes like just basically talking like (laughs) yes I love you but we can't I know our love is forbidden but if you want to break our vows we can do it together but if not, it's it's okay if you don't want to do that. <laughs> I love this song um, that happens during the credits. Uh, I was watching this movie with my mom, and as the credits started rolling, I went into the other room to get my phone or something, and my mom just started laughing, and she called me back, and she rewound it so that I could listen from the beginning. And it's uh, it's Nacho singing. And it sounds like this very classic love song. And the words are just ridiculous. I think the part that tipped my mom over the edge was there's this line about how when enemies see me, they're like chickens and they've run or something like that. And it cracked me up. Just like all the music in the whole movie is just good. Like, then there's a song at the party that he has to sing about Ramsey's. And then Ramsey's wastes wine and by throwing it at his face. 
you know, I did not know what was going to happen there because yeah, the song was kind of weird, but I, I wasn't sure how Ramses would react, whether or not he would like it or not. Cause it was so well done despite being weird. I thought, well, maybe, maybe he'll like it, but he didn't. Cause he's a horrible person. So what are some of your notes? On the movie? Yeah. Overall, I just think, like like I said, like just super quotable, just lighthearted, like honestly just silly. Like, just watch it. Like, have a nacho party with your friends. Just make a bunch of different kinds of nachos and some some Mexican street corn. Have a nacho party, <laughs> invite your, your best friends, and just watch it together. Need some nachos. I do think that this movie is best watched with friends. So who are the people that you watch this with? And do you like quote it as you watch it? How do you watch Nacho Libre? I can't not quote it. It's just, I know it by heart. It's like one of those ones that like, you can't help it. Um, People I would watch it with, my brother and his family who introduced it to me, or I have a couple of good friends that really love it as well. And usually about once a year we have a nacho party. And we have not been able to have this one one this year, thanks Corona. So oh, hopefully sad. next year we'll be able to have our annual nacho party. And you know, when you've seen it a bunch of times, you just quote it, and you have fun, and it can be in the background. You can really pay attention to it. It's just a great, great film. Had your husband seen it before your? No, and he does you. not love it. He's more of the. Um, oh really he doesn't like movies that are just like goofy and silly like that he likes the really hardcore action movies like john wick or anything like that that doesn't have much of a storyline it's just a bunch of people shooting at each other but nacho libre has action he just thinks it's too goofy (laughs) too goofy see this is what i thought i wouldn't like it i thought i would think it was too goofy and it was definitely more goofy and light um, than a lot of my favorite movies, but I I enjoyed it. I do not regret watching it, and it was just really fun. And I I actually watched a couple um, of reviews on YouTube kind uh-huh. of to pre- prepare for this, and they started bringing out some of the deeper things, like um, even the fact that uh, Nacho and his best friend Steven um believe in different things um because steven believes in science and of course nacho is a catholic and i thought that's really interesting there there are pieces that are slightly deeper and i think that's what made it really enjoyable Mm -hmm. for me is there was more of a mix way more of a mix than i expected there's just like the more you watch like the more you notice different little little things in the movies like huh i never like, even still, after watching it for almost 15 years, it's like, I still see little things, like, in the background, like, huh, that's a weird little thing that they put in there. I don't, I feel like this movie was popular for a very small amount of time. I, I could be wrong on this, but I think it's but by the same people who made uh, Napoleon Dynamite. It has the same flavor, so I think that's, that's part of sure. People like, oh, like, this movie's gonna be, like, Napoleon Dynamite, which is another excellent film after you watched it a few times. 
<laughs> okay, okay, talk to me about that. And uh, this is kind of a bunny trail, but I'm interested. What do you think of Napoleon Dynamite? I like Napoleon Dynamite, and I obviously it came up first, so I, I liked it first. But it took me probably at least three times before I actually started to enjoy it. It's like the first time you watch it, like, what? why did we watch that? What was that about? And then the second time you watch it, like, why did I watch this movie again? Then somehow you watch it the third time, like, hey, this is kind of funny. It's one of those films that you have to, like, watch a little bit to, like, get the flow. I guess I need to watch it again because I've only seen it twice and I had exactly the reactions you just described of why did I watch this movie and why did I watch this movie again? And and honestly, that is partly why I hesitated to watch Nacho Libre is, uh, yeah, maybe they, I should look it up whether or not they're by the same people, but they, it's definitely in the same vein of style and comedy and I thought, uh, I'm just not going to like it. what I was hesitant um, about watching it the first time. It's like, like, it's like Napoleon Dynamite, like, so that I'm going to hate it the first time I watch it. But I loved it immediately. It ranks way higher than Napoleon Dynamite for me on the level of first-time enjoyment. Okay. <laughs> but your husband, it, it, it didn't work It's okay, I still make him way, watch it I with guess. me. And obviously he knows the quotes. I think there there's true love for you. He will understand the quotes because you say them so yeah, much and he he's loves pretty you. Still too, even if he only likes to watch people shooting each other. Yeah, we all have to sacrifice, I guess. That's true. <laughs> what would your favorite scene be? I know it's hard. Choose like three. So this is a scene when they're at the party and Nacho's playing with the band and then Stephen is just kind of wandering around the house and he goes upstairs and he's looking at the dolls and he goes, Ooh, and he thinks it's a good idea to push in on the doll's eye. And there are all these porcelain dolls and he breaks it. And then there's that, I don't really know who she is. And it's like Ramsey's girlfriend or his daughter or what, but she's like, just sitting in this chair and she's like, I forgive you. And he turns around and he's like, how did you get up here so fast? There's all, she's like, I'm the secret tunnels. And then you just see this giant hole in the wall. Because she's not a small woman. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. It's like the secret tunnel and it's never explained. But then, why yeah, would Then she just starts smiling at him. She's like, I love you. And he's just, ter- then he's just like, this is scary. I have, to- I'm unsafe. This isn't safe. I have to leave. Uh, definitely that's my, probably top three uh when chancho walks in on ignacio nacho in his room putting on his nacho libros libre suit and you know he gets caught he's not supposed to be a luchador and he says chancho sometimes when you are a man you wear stretchy pants in your room he's for fun Chancho's smarter than that. He's like, it's okay. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> well, and then I love how later um, on TV, they're all watching on TV and whoever Nacho is wrestling is right. trying to take his mask off. And Chancho just stands yep, up in front of the TV and is protecting him. I thought that was so sweet. Yep, that's a good one too. And then honestly, the trading montage is just ridiculous. It is. Like, <laughs> I don't know what cow pies and 
hornet's nest have to do with being a luchador? Just like I the was most confused random training montage probably in cinematic history. Because it was not really training, it was just doing <laughs> random things other than running. That was the best training they did. Ooh, I have a fourth one. The scene mm. where they keep losing and Steven's telling Ignacio about I know a water gypsy that he knows where to get eagle eggs. And his kids are like, climb up this cliff to eat this, like, eat a raw egg. Then jumps back into the water and basically belly flops. And then, you know, the next <laughs> scene is he's going to fight and he, then he loses again. And he, then he tells Stephen, like, those eagle eggs were a lie, Stephen. A lie! They give me no eagle powers. They give me no nutrients. He just totally goes into like an Italian accent there. And all Stephen has no nutrients. Sorry. What I found amusing was at the end when he kind of swan dives, but I guess we could say eagle dives into Ramsey's. Yep. There's an eagle scream. And. I loved that. That was really funny to me for yeah, some reason. <laughs> it's just really funny because, like, Ramsey's realized he's, he's losing, so he just starts, like, I'm leaving now, bye. He just dives across the whole stadium to get him. From multiple angles. That whole shot, could, well, it's not one shot. It's multiple shots in slow motion, and he jumps right, an like insane a... amount of distance. So but ridiculous. the way Yes. The way it's filmed is so smooth, though, and he's just going and going and going. That made me laugh as well. Just, I don't think there's a part of the movie where I'm like, eh, this scene is meh. Like, all of the scenes are just funny in some way or another. Well, thanks for finally getting me to see it. I'm actually I'll have to really invite you to the next nacho that. party. Woohoo, nachos. So something really cool that I actually just remembered about Nacho Libre is it's actually based on a real person. Sergio Belitas was a real-life guy who was a priest in Mexico who was also a luchador um, and did do it to raise money for the orphanage that he worked at. And obviously the movie is very loosely based on him, but still just made me love the movie that much more. I'd highly recommend looking him up on Wikipedia or whatever just to get a little blip of his life because it's just... A, makes the movie that much cooler and it just seems like a real cool guy well thank you jules for um a making me watch this movie and b then talking Absolutely. about it thank you me. for having me i really me. like that thank you for listening to the patchwork girl and friends you can follow me at patchwork girl productions on facebook and instagram where you can see the custom artwork i make for each and every episode I hope you enjoy looking at it as much as I had fun making it. Next time on The Patchwork Girl and Friends. What is the secret of Monkey Island? <laughs> ghost chickens and I think like a ghost dog and guy brush threepwood. And then there's Stan, Lemonhead. Look behind you, a three-headed monkey. Stan. Stan. <laughs> You fight like a dairy farmer. Oh, yeah? You fight like a cow. <laughs>